So you'll have to bear with me here. I'll try to use the microphone and not so much everything else. I need to treat my voice here with some Carl specials here this week and and uh, preached hard on Sunday or Saturday night. And uh, there we go. There we go. Preached hard on Saturday night. And boy, what a crazy time we had. I'm going to show you some of that here today. Uh, just uh, I'm going to show you one video here of a man that says I can drink all the liquor I want and still and still love God. Uh, is he right? Well, we're going to cover that in our apologetics on the street here. Uh, a little session we have that we're going to start here when we deal with apologetics on the street. And uh, we're going to deal with that and see, well, what does the Bible say about that? All right. So anyway, I hope you're doing well. We had an exciting time on Saturday night preaching the word of God in the open air to lost sinners who are on their way to hell and that need the gospel. And those that claim to be saved, we preach the gospel to them, too. Uh, But... Uh, anyway, don't forget about our trip, man. Things are developing quickly. I got praise, praise the Lord. You were praying for this and I want to show you, uh, an answer to prayer. I got my passport on Saturday. So praise the Lord. Uh, that I did get a passport on Saturday. It it came in and we're and I'm good to go now. We just got to pray, Brother Andrews, in and we got to pray for Mary's visa and really pray for Carl's Mastercard because it's going to need it. But <laughs> so right, we're praying for for Mary's visa and Carl's Mastercard. So. Uh, you you pray for uh, you pray for these folks, okay? That this that our paperwork comes in. So praise the Lord. Now I got something else for you to pray about. I talked to a dear brother in Christ that's been listening to Old Paz Baptist Church since 2017 which is really interesting because 2017 and 18 was like the hardest times of my life between 2017 and 2020 were probably the most challenging times of my life i'm finding out years later that they have been the most productive times of my life isn't that odd of my ministry the most productive time of my ministry that has impacted and influenced people's lives were the times that god took me through the most severest trials that i've ever been through in my life and they they've helped so many other people out there well this dear brother he he contacted me back in 2017 and said he started listening to our sermons and he said that the sermons impacted them greatly and the lord used him in his life and strengthened his heart and then he said he he later on, he, he, te- he, he wrote, wrote me again and he said, a brother in Christ that, that he's ministering to, he's a pastor of a church plant. And 
You know, he he's uh, he said that a brother was depressed and he started listening to my sermons on depression and they helped him get through his depression and he decided to translate those sermons into Spanish and bring those to his people there to strengthen them. At the time, he asked me, brothers, okay, if I, if I use them, and I said, you do whatever you want with them. I borrowed them from somebody else too, so go ahead. And uh, I've borrowed from a lot of men's brains over the years. I don't make any money off any of it. I just get it out there to people to use and help them and, and all that good stuff. I don't charge for sermons or anything else like that. Never have, never will. I don't need to do that. God will take care of me. Uh, but here's the thing. So this this is a, not a rich church. It's, you know, obviously there are not very many good rich churches out there, are there? But anyway, uh, so they don't have a lot of money or anything like that. But he started talking a little bit. And I I just remembered, and I, and Carl said something to me about Spain. And I was like, well, I wonder how far we'll be from you. And this church wouldn't be able to support us or fly us there. Nobody's doing that but God. God's providing this whole trip. He's using his saints to do it. He's using the people of OPBC have given very generously for this. And you out there, you've given towards it so we could go to these places. And I'm going to pray about if we can make it happen. After we're in Italy, finding a way to get on Sunday morning. I didn't have a place I was going to preach besides Carl's living room on Sunday morning. Well, I'm thinking about flying into Spain and preaching there. For us to fly into Spain and preach there. To those folks, they've been listening to our sermons for five years. So it got my wheels turning a little bit, and I started thinking, well, maybe I could come and preach for your church. What the world am I doing? Then, of course, I had to look in the scriptures for Spain. Romans 15, 24. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey and be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. And he said in verse number 28, when therefore I perform this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come to you, I will come by you into Spain. I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And I don't know, I'm having a hard time shaking that. I really am. 
So, I'm going to rack Brother Andrew's brains and Brother Carl's brains. I think we would probably skip Bracia, which I'm fine with. If possible, leave early. Fly into, I don't know, Carl, you're going to have, you and Andrew got to figure that out. I know I need more than two weeks, but I can't be gone more than two weeks. So, you know, and nobody out there is going to agree 100% with everything that I preach or believe or anything else like that. That's how it is. But it might be able to be a blessing to people out there. So anyway, I hope you pray for that and pray for the Lord to provide that because I ain't charging nobody nothing anyway. We're getting there by the grace of Almighty God and and people uh, being able to uh, give to the Lord's work and whatever the Lord wants us to do, we'll do. And God's people in the church house of Old Past Baptist Church and the meeting in our church have given. They'll give more. I know it. So that's not a problem. We're going to be fine anyway. God's going to take care of us. But anyway. So. I just. I don't know. I just think maybe we should go to Spain. I I just have peace about it. I really have peace about going to Spain. I just do. <laughs> the world am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking out loud to all of you here. And, and, and the Lord just give me peace about it. Like, yeah, you're going to Spain. I mean. <laughs> the world am I doing? Well, we'll have to see if we can figure it out. <laughs> That's the Lord's will. We'll see what the Lord does. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Carl. Carl's like, we know you already made up your mind, so Andrew and I just have to give in and do the best to organize the flights to Spain. <laughs> Well, 
as much as I'm there to look at stuff, <laughs> and I am getting video and doing things, and, you know, it'll be used. You know, I just, yeah. You can preach to people and be a blessing to them and encourage them. what we're here for right so Carl's laughing at me right now anyway will you pray about that and pray that the Lord would bless uh, our steps and give us guidance and wisdom and well brother Andrew's following along look at the chat and probably wonder what in the world is he doing now But well, we don't really need to add any days on. All we have to do is just rearrange some flights. I have insurance on all my flights. I believe that Andrew got insurance on all of them. So we can change the flights if we need to. So there isn't any penalty for us. We bought insurance on everything. But so we'll see what happens. Beth, follow the Lord Jesus. Well, Beth, I'm glad that it's a blessing to you. I really am. Carl didn't get any insurance on his flights. Great, Carl. It's not that big of a deal. We'll, we'll, the Lord will take care of us on all of it, especially if we put the gospel first. Put the preaching of God's word and being a blessing to the saints all over. I just think it's interesting to me. Who thinks this is? I'm thinking out loud here in front of you all. This is my broadcast, so I get to do that, right? I get to take the liberty to take time to talk to you all like a real human being, not just somebody that's that you hit record on or you hit play on, and I just play, right? So, uh, but uh, but I actually I, I I'm as real as real gets when it comes to that stuff. So, uh, anyway, do you find it fascinating that here's this group of people contacted me in 2017? And they were blessed by our sermons, blessed by different preaching through the years and everything like that. You know. And here we are. And I may actually get a chance to meet these folks that have heard these sermons all across the world. I mean that's almost like a that's almost like a dream come true. To actually meet the people that the Lord has used 
uh, our sermons to, and our preaching to impact. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, really. It's very humbling. So, anyway, we'll see what God does with that. Uh, and if, if that's the way the Lord wants to do it. Right? But how exciting. So if you want to do something for us, number one, pray for us. And if you're getting tired of me asking about that, don't. Because I'm not going to quit asking you to pray for us. Are you going to have interpretation for your preaching? No, I'm going to use my vast knowledge and uh, wisdom of uh, languages. I'm a multilinguistical machine. I don't even know what I'm saying. I can't even speak English. Um, <laughs> I speak part hillbilly and mostly Midwestern with a touch of ol from Minnesota. That's kind of... <laughs> So I thought I would do my own self-interpretation. <laughs> oh, I got to quit having some. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're like, I didn't come on here to hear you laugh. Ah, it's good for the soul, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, Brother Ross Duncan, it is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in sight. It is amazing. So I want to be a blessing to people all over the, well, not all over the fruity plain of America, but all over the, the rest of the, uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that that fella, that pastor can interpret for me. He's from a church in, in the United States, I think. Or he was sent out from one. It's ascending church. I'm sure he probably can. But we'll see. And maybe it won't work out. We won't do it. You know what I mean? So it's up to the Lord. God will decide that and give us wisdom about that. Amen? So we'll wait on the Lord and see what God does with that. But you pray about that, okay? And if you want to give... This is how you do it. PayPal, Cash App, Apple Pay. And even our mail and uh, Venmo, which is also Pastor Cooley at iCloud.com. And uh, otherwise, uh, you can mail something to 1030 Highway 3 South, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Okay? So... Maybe you will speak in tongues. That's funny, Mrs. Bicey. That's funny. Merry heart, dirty good, like a like a medicine. <laughs> we know one thing. Google Translate and all the the spell checks, they're not real fond of King James English, are they? Are you guys ready to see what happened with an encounter I had? 
So this first half an hour, we're going to take a half an hour and do that. Then I'll teach this Bible lesson if I can get through it in a half in an hour. Kind of long, but. And Carl, I can tell that my voice is strained. It doesn't have that ring. I told everybody. Oh, Carl. Carl, just remember. You're going to teach me some voice uh, things, um, some good voice techniques and treatment of my voice and everything like that when I'm there. And I'm going to record that. Andrew's going to record that. And uh, you're going to, and we're going to, I'm going to bring it back to help all the men. Okay. So we can bring it back and help all our guys at church with that. Okay. So that'll be good. But for that, you'll definitely have to have a haircut because although they won't listen to a guy that looks like a girl sing to them. Okay. I'm just telling you. All right. Anyway, we'll cover that later. It's just a little bit of, it's just a Billy Graham, Franklin Graham long. It's not too bad. Okay. It's just like a Billy Graham, Franklin Graham haircut going on. But if you've seen the size of Ross Duncan and me, we will corner you and we will hold you down. And he's going to give you. A good old-fashioned Scottish haircut. I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. Or me and Joe McDonald will sing to you songs about Irish potatoes if you don't. It'll be like the, it'll be like the Donald Trump. That's like shearing a sheep. That's right, Ross Duncan. That's what it's like. All right, guys. We are literally about a month away from this trip. It is the 13th. We're leaving the 16th. We are about a month away. I'm getting excited, man. Dave, Becca, and Summo are listening live. Joseph Jordan is here. Flew up on you. Oh, that's a great video. Andre is not only the wedding planner. Andre is not only the French press maker. Andre is not only the cameraman. But Andre is also the barber. The one thing that he draws the line at is he does not do nails, though. I'm just warning you. He won't do nails. All right. Here we go. 
I am dressed like like I'm in Antarctica with 430 layers of clothes on. Look like I weigh about 685 pounds. I look like a moose in that outfit, man. Holy buckets. Okay. Now. That's right. He is Andre the trip coordinator. That coat is humongous. It's a double X coat. It's a parka. A Carhartt parka. And it's made with down. It is thick and it is warm. It's like a wall. Nothing gets through it. So. So here we go. Here's a drunk man. That is going to tell you that he could drink it up. And he still loves Jesus. You don't love him. You know, I know who he is, but you don't love him. Because if you loved him, you'd keep his commandments. Oh, because if I love him, I can't drink and I can't that's enjoy right. my life. Yes, oh, that's right. That's correct. Oh, I can't enjoy that's my life. Can you can enjoy your life here and enjoy the things that God wants to I'm not either. God and I love Jesus Christ. Well, then you I should can obey still him. Enjoy my life. Then you should obey him. Jesus said, "If you love me, you price." Yeah. Paid for if you're him. Jesus said, "I'm not in your face. You were in my face. I wasn't in your face. You were in mine." All I said was, "Is that if you love Jesus, you'll keep His commandments, because that's what the Bible says." Yes, and I and I can don't don't say you can't love Jesus. If, if you can't do other stuff and No, what Jesus. I'm saying is you're not loving Jesus Because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments And he's also said that you can make mistakes Well, he didn't tell us to make mistakes But we, we do sin, yes But you're not supposed to live in sin You're not supposed to continue in that You're not supposed to live your life like that, right? Right? Right, so so what do you what do? You do? You just... What do I do? Yeah I raise my family. I I have a wife. I have children. How do you raise your family? I raise them for the Lord. I teach him what the Bible says. I but no 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 don't. Now before we get started here, what you're gonna realize is with this fella, and I'm gonna back it up just a little bit here. Okay, because what you're gonna realize is this man is claiming to be a Christian. You'll notice his disdain and hate for God's word. No Christian, born-again believer, follower of Christ, can hate God's word, can show such disdain for the word of the Lord. They can't. But this man, he does. I raise him for the Lord. I teach him what the Bible says. I but uh, but no 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 don't say that. That's just fun. You're just feeding into everything here. Well, how do you raise your family? What what do you do? How, how are you? Like, I spend time with my children. I I uh, re- I teach them things that they should know. I so what do you them. teach them? I teach them how to follow God. I teach them how to how, do you, how, do how to take teach, care of a how house. Do you teach I teach them how, them how to, to follow do. God. 
by the Bible, how? by the scriptures. But no, 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 no. By I'm, not, I'm not asking about a book. I'm asking you, how do you? I just told teach you by the kids? Bible. But no, no, no. How? So by the Bible, how do you? So what do you do? Throw your Bible at the kids? No, I teach them what the Bible says. I'm just as Christian as you. I promise you that. Okay. I'm just as Christian as you are. I promise you that. Well, I'm not the measuring stick. Christ is the measuring stick. We're, we're to measure our lives after Jesus Christ. Right? We're to measure our lives after Christ alone. Not, not, not other men, but yeah, follow me as I follow Christ. Is what is said in the scriptures. But we need to we need to make sure we need to make sure that we understand that you can't live a life like hell and dr- be a drunkard, which I'm going to show him, and live your life in fornication, wickedness, and drunkenness, and then just name the name of Christ. That is a gospel of lasciviousness. Okay. All right, let's get back to this. Well, what I'm saying is... You seem like so, you're mad, though. I'm not mad. I, yeah, I, I'm mad because you're going to say something to me about drinking. Well, I and, care about and, your soul. What, am I not supposed to care about you? I'm not so, I, if I, Jesus what, said... Right? So what... I told him very plainly, hey, listen, we care about your soul. We care about your never-dying soul. You're going to spend one or two places... Uh, your your life in one or two places, either in heaven or in hell when you die. So you better you better care about your soul. Okay. Play. When did I ever say that? When did well, I ever say that's that? That's what I'm saying, though. What I'm asking you is, you told me that you raise your kids by a book. Yes, but I do. But how how do you actually raise them? What what do you do in their day to day life that's going to change their life? I teach them the things that they need to know. So you throw a book at them? How do, no, I teach them. Well, I teach them the Bible. Yes, but I teach them how to so grow up. Okay, see how he has such disdain? So what do you do? You just, like, throw a book at him? You throw a book at him? Yeah, that's what he said, right? That's his disdain. The Bible is just some book to him. It's just some book. So you just throw in some book? How to how to live their life, how to get a career. But how, how, to do, how, how do you do that? Did, I'm telling you how I did that. You 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 gave your two year old a book and said read this, and that's how you. Oh, I spend time with my two year old. We take care of them. We take care of our children. But how? Feed them, clothe them. That's them, that's life. That's how that's I how know it is. That's that's how parenthood works. Yeah, I'm asking you. 
as I'm a, telling as, you as a Christian, how do you I teach them to follow the commands of Jesus. And what are those? To love your neighbor as yourself. I so, teach them not so, to, that, so, they're, that they're to obey the Bible. They're to obey Jesus' so commands. You throw the book Anyways, what I'm yeah, the Bible, you, which is God's word. So why, and if you love God, you would love it, God's word. You're proven to be a hypocrite because you're dismissing God's word. You're proven to be a liar. You don't love God. I just you asked lo- you how you're if, exactly right here. You don't you don't play games with people like this. You tell them very plainly the truth. Don't lie to these people. Don't play patty cake and powder their little butts into hell. Tell them the truth. You're not a Christian. You don't love God. You don't love God's word. You hate God's word. You despise it. And I'm not going to sit here and allow you to patronize me or anybody else or live in this deception that you're some kind of a Christian. Because you're not. No, it's not like talking to the bottle. Because listen to me. You can talk to a drunk and you still give them the word of God because God's word reaches into the soul of a man and it plants seeds into the soul of a man. Many a man has heard the truth of the gospel when he was drunk and later on reflected on those things. That's why you continue to give it to them. If they listen, you give it to them. It's not in vain. If you can have a conversation with them, if you can talk with them, then you give it to them. You tell them the truth. You don't know how many of these drunks are going to go out and blow their brains out. Give them the gospel while you have them in front of you. Tell them the truth while they're in front of you. That's what you do. Who else is going to give it to them? Who else is going to tell them the truth? Know anybody else that's going out there? We We were the only church for thousands of people to hear the gospel. Only one preaching it. We were out there for four hours preaching to them. Nobody else is going to. Nobody else wants to do it. Nobody else wants to tell them. Nobody else wants to waste their time on the down and out, the drunkards, the derelicts, the, the fornicators, the transgenders. Why? Well, because it's easy when they come to your church and people show up to your church and they they understand there's a there's a proper mode of behavior when they come to your church. So see those people aren't allowed to cause strife and challenge you in your church. But when you're on the street corner with these people, guess what? They get to challenge. That's why a lot of pastors don't want to go out there. Why? Well, they don't want to be challenged. It's uncomfortable to be challenged.
Hang on a second. You love God. I just asked you, you love why God. You, you wouldn't care about it. You would care about the Bible, and you don't care about God's word. Can you I mock talk? God's Is word. It my turn to talk? You've been talking the whole time. I just asked you how you raise your kid, and you said I told you. I, I told you. I told them to love their neighbors. That's oh, one thing. That, that's an incredible way to love. Really? You don't teach. teach so what do you want me to teach them to hate their neighbors? That's the most simple aspect. Well, there you go, genius. That's why you need to hear it. Because it's the most simple thing, and you can understand it because it's simple. I am. I just told you the truth, man. Why are you so angry about it? I just gave because you the truth. It's I simple. I asked you a very simple question. And I gave you a very simple answer. Would you like a more complex well, one? You, you. Would you like a more complex one? I, I asked one? you that three times, and the third time, you And said, I gave you a simple answer. You said, I told them to love their neighbors. Would you like a more complex I, answer? I could tell any in this entire place to love their neighbors. Okay, good. And, well, well, and, wait, and guess what? How much complexity do you teach to children? And guess what? I can tell you this right now. Okay. I can love Jesus, and Jesus can love me just as much as you standing here. I can go out and have fun, and I can do my stuff. Okay. And he's going to love me just as much as he loves me. But you're standing deceived. standing here yelling at people. But you're deceived. In what way? Because you believe that you will enter the kingdom of heaven by when you absolutely don't care what Jesus says in his word. So what did he say in his word that says that I can't go out and He said no drunkard life. shall inherit eternal life. And and that and that is one one That's one thing. I can give one, you more. One one, one little prescription. Yeah. That's right. He said if any man So what was the next one? The, what's the next one? If any man will deny himself, let him take up his let a, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You're so to when, follow Jesus. So when, when did I ever deny him? So how how does that how does that have to go with anything that Jesus? No, I didn't say deny. I said deny himself, yourself, deny yourself. That when means did, what? When did I deny myself? I no, you're I not. That's what I'm saying. You're not oh, denying oh, yourself. Oh, because you live I, for yourself. You want to be a drunkard, and you are a drunkard. Hold on now. So here's the thing, right? Tell the man the truth. That ch- tell the man the truth. Right, check out the banner over to the right. Do you love God? That's a great banner, by the way. Uh, that is a great banner. He thinks he can live like hell. Hey, hey, Carl, does this sound familiar? Does it? Does this gospel that this man believes sound familiar to you? Yeah, is it? Is it? Is it recollecting something, Carl, from what you've heard before? Does it smack of the one, two, three? Repeat after me. The gospel that doesn't change anyone. The gospel that keeps you dead in trespasses and sins. Right? Does it? Doesn't it smack of a gospel that doesn't change anyone? Quick prayerism. The gospel's all about me. Oh, I wish I had that song. I'd play it right now. That one from Patch the Pirate, It's All About Me. 
I don't know if I have that, but man, is that a funny. This, that's his gospel right there. It's all about me. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a funny one, wouldn't it? I don't know if I have that one on there. That is a funny song. That's what it made me think of. We'll see. Anyway, I don't think I have that one, but that's funny. You want you are being a drunkard. I'm not. I gave you Bible like you asked, and you can't handle it. You can't handle it. I'm not a lunatic. Put your hand on. So then he was he was trying to grab me. He got mad at me and he was trying to put your put your head on straight. He's trying to grab me. They always like to put their hands on you. They want to touch you, man. They want they want to. Man, that guy wanted. He was getting mad at me. Why? Because I told him the truth. That's why you're living under a facade that you've never been born again by the spirit of God. You don't even care what God says in his word. You don't care what the gospel says. You don't care what the Bible says. You don't. Because, because the man, I'll tell you why. The man is dead in trespasses and sins. That's why he doesn't care. Hey, I care about your soul. I care about your soul. You're deceived. You're deceived. I you're you're deceived. You're gonna die and go to hell because you're deceived. I would love to go to hell. No, you wouldn't. Okay, well then you then you're admitting it. Whoa. Then you're you're admitting it. You just admitted everything you needed to. See what it whatsoever's in his heart cometh out, right? He admitted it. He admitted right? He admitted what's in his heart. What did he say? He said, I could, I could, I'd rather go to hell. I'd rather go to hell and live like I want to. Want to. There you go. So he admits it, right? What, what did the script, what did me, what did, what did, OBS is going back and forth. Things going nuts. There it goes. Now it's solid. It might stop buffering. Just give it a give it a few minutes here. Wow. I have no idea what just happened. It just straight up cut me off. I'm going to play a song here before I get started with the the next part of the broadcast here. Man, that is a bummer, man.
me look at something here. Wow, so it literally cut that off. Wow. It's OBS. Hang on a second. Okay, hold on. I'm going to play a song here so I can answer Brother Andrew here. Make sure we're okay. Hang on a second here. Life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. take a picture of this stream I tested the internet to see so let me just make sure that all is well here that this signal's fine now I don't know what in the world happened there ah that's frustrating
Okay, anyway. Well, that's that for the first hour, I guess. All right, let's see here. So we're going to move on to some uh, Bible teaching here. Yeah, I just lost half the people on that stream. I don't know. Just kicked off half the people. Not sure what that was. I haven't had any problems for like a year, and then all of a sudden I'm having these internet issues. I don't know what the deal is. But anyway. Oh. Anyway, well, we are going to look at good Bible lessons here today. I don't think it's weather-related. I think it's just annoying. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it did that, why it cut us off like that, unless the signal had some kind of lull in it or something. I don't know. It doesn't now. I mean, the, the strength, the signal strength was. Uh, was fine. Well, all of a sudden it went, it wasn't. So anyway, we'll figure it out, but let's move on here. Nothing I can do about it right now. That's. I don't know if it cut off. It Sermon Audio continued the stream. There was ah, 16 people on that, I guess. So anyway, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what happened. That's annoying. All right. Anyway. We are going to look at, I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. And we are going to do a Bible study here, and I think it'll be encouraging to you. You who are left anyway, I lost the other 20. I thought the whole thing crashed, so gone. Catch up. Ed. So anyway, who knows? Who knows? But Lord knows, and we'll keep going. We just have to remain faithful. To do now. Biblical ways to avoid moral and spiritual failure. 
Matthew chapter 26 and verse 3. We're going to look at that. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee. Actually, let's go to verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after that I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Jesus said, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Peter said, Look, there is no way There is no way that I will be offended because of thee. Jesus warned him, of course, that Peter, you're going to be. And of course, Peter didn't want to hear that. None of us want to be, want to hear that. But how do we avoid, how do we avoid falling? How do we avoid falling into sin like that? How do we avoid failure? You could call it falling. You could call it failure. There's some good lessons that we find in the Bible here about failure and about how to avoid it. And it come these lessons come from Peter, a man who failed. And there are hints in the scriptures for understanding how to avoid moral or spiritual failure in our Christian life. And if we take these steps, Peter tells us, ye shall never fall. That doesn't mean things aren't going to happen along the way. You're not going to sin and have to repent. It means you're not going to fall out. You're not going to swim in, in sin and be destroyed by it. You know, in this text, what we see is that Peter, he had such grand thoughts of himself that he would not fail, that he would not fall to being offended, but that he would stand firm and he would not give in. Presumption can take us. Remember that, friend. Presumption, it can take us. Satan will use high thoughts of ourselves to lure us. Our own hearts can deceive us. And God's children will be sorely tried and tested. 
Their faith will be tested in the fire. Peter said he would never. But what he should have said, what he should have done is prayed, Lord, never let it be me. Never let me fall. It is better to it is better to under to humbly understand our own abilities to fail than to be heady and to succumb to that failure. What you're looking at over here on your on your screen is some notes that I took this morning on this text. Peter learned an awful lesson about failure. In our failures, God even uses that to teach us what we need to know. Peter, in his mind and his heart, though all should forsake thee, I never will. Peter thought in his heart, surely he could never do something like that. But my friend, it is the height of arrogance for you to believe such things about yourself. For you to believe that you can never fall. That is arrogance. That is that is very much arrogance for you to believe that you will never fall or you can never fall or never fail that way. When you look at other folks' moral failures as Christians, you know, when I hear of pastors falling into sin, preachers leaving the ministry in shame, I don't think to myself that will never be me. What I do, what it triggers me to do by the leading of the Holy Spirit is to pray to God, God, please, never let it be me. I have always believed, or for many years believed, that I am capable of falling into sin, to being seduced from simplicity. I pray against those things very specifically to God. I pray very specifically against those things. None of us are above those things. As children of God, we are not above that. No pastor is above that. No no, uh, Christian is above that. No old lady, no young lady. We underestimate the power of the flesh and of the fallen nature that dwells in us. That spirit that is within us that lusteth to envy. It is the spirit that is within us comes from the heart. And it lusteth 
to envy. You know, you and I can truly at times, we, if, we, if we're not careful, we'll never see ourselves doing anything so heinous. But the anatomy of a spiritual fall is made up of this. And this is what Peter did, and this is why he fell. That we trust that in our own selves, we would never do something. Don't ever do that. Don't depend on your own self to never fall. Don't do that. Don't trust in your own self that you will never give in to sin. Plan, which I'm going to get to in a second. Plan for success in the Christian life. Plan. Diligently plan and pray. The key to never falling like that into the traps of sin, Satan, and the flesh is that we put no trust in ourselves. Through severe trials, God teaches us one thing. Don't trust yourself. Don't have confidence in yourself. Have no confidence in yourself. Have confidence in Christ, but have no confidence in the flesh. Peter, after his great, his great fall, tells us how we can keep from falling. You and I know that it is not of us because Peter teaches by experience and severe failure that the first main point we must understand is that we are capable of falling. Always understand that. Always acknowledge that and and humbly come before God with that. That, Lord, I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That I am capable of falling. That I pray and I ask God to keep me from falling. So then Peter, he no more speaks so arrogantly in his epistle. He speaks of experience. Knowing that born-again saved people are capable of moral failures is important. Because then if, if it causes us as Peter to tell us to be diligent, because that's what Peter says to us. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Peter shows us by a bad example what not to do first. Look at verse 36 of our text. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. 
tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. Jesus is giving us the perfect example of what to do. And Peter is giving us the perfect example of what not to do right here. Jesus is entering into the worst trial of his life. So he's praying. What did Jesus say to him? Watch and pray. So number one, if you would not fall this way or fail the Lord morally or spiritually, number one, you realize that you're capable of doing it. And the realization of that takes us to point number two, which we're going to reiterate a little bit later because this is a longer outline. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You better watch. So the, first, the, 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 the thing that we see that is prominent here, Peter does not pray, he's sleeping. You know something? Many of God's people today are not praying, they're sleeping. They're sleepy, slumbering saints. While they should be praying, they're sleeping. Sleepy, sleepy saints, not praying. You want to get into trouble and be a slumbering saint that is not praying but is sleeping. You and I will fail, guaranteed failure without prayer. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. You would not faint, then you must pray. You must enter into private prayer with the Lord daily. You must must have secret prayer. No prayer, no power. 
No prayer. No power. The second way that we may fall to moral or spiritual failure is thinking the strength is in our own flesh. Peter did not pray, but he thought picking up a physical sword could give spiritual victory. Physical fighting. does not grant spiritual victory. Peter was not praying. He didn't have the he didn't use the sword of the word of God in our text in verse 52. Then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father? And he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? It was not physical might that was needed, but spiritual. And Peter chose the wrong weapon. If you want to morally fail in sin or spiritually fall into sin... Choose a carnal weapon to fight a spiritual war. It does not work. Second Peter or Second Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 10. The Apostle Paul warns us, for though we walk in the flesh, We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Through the pulling down of strongholds. Danielle, the Bible lesson just started about 15 minutes ago. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does this mean right here, friend? If you would not fall, then every thought that leads to spiritual failure Every thought that is accepting of sin. Every thought that encourages sin. Every thought that fosters sin. Is to be cast down. Every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Is to be brought into captivity. To the obedience of Christ. 
I think it's interesting to note that Jesus prayed and wept while Peter slept. Jesus showed us when severe trials are upon us, we need the weapon of prayer that Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. All prayer must be used. It's part of your spiritual arsenal. You pick it up in the armory of heaven. It is given to you. And above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me. Paul says praying always. Praying always. He says in other verses, pray without ceasing. Jesus says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. All prayer. Jesus spoke of all prayer. Paul speaks of all prayer as part of our armor. The scriptures show us that one of the greatest weapons against the attacks of the devil, against temptations, against wickedness, is prayer. Against falling or fainting is prayer. Peter chose the wrong sword. Our sword is the word of God, and he chose the physical sword. This was a mistake in, in choosing the wrong sword and would bring him to a mighty fall. Four times Peter uses the word diligence in his writings, it, it, a form of that word. Let's look at that. I want to show you that because here's the next point. You need to pray, of course. If you would not fall, you must be diligent. Peter, in the book of First uh, Peter, after, you know, this is written years later after Peter had some mighty, terrible falls. He says of the salvation. Oops. Yeah. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. He says, wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to, to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. You and I are to be diligent. We're to be diligent. What does that mean? If I am not going to fall into sin or fail it in sin, yes, it is. God. It's number one, I've got to realize I'm capable of it. Number two, I've got to pray. I've got to, number three, I cannot use physical 
means to fight spiritual battles. Number four, I've got to be diligent. I have a duty. I can't just sit around and 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 act like, well, I'm trusting God by faith when I'm ignoring everything that God has commanded me to do. That's not faith. It's laziness. Okay. Diligent, steady in application to business, constant in effort or exertion to accomplish what is undertaken, assiduous, attentive, industrious, not idle or negligent, applied to persons. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. Steady applied, prosecuted with care, constant effort, careful, assiduous, as make diligent search. The judge, the judges shall make diligent inquisition. You have to be diligent. That means your Christian life and success happens on purpose, friend. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens on purpose, with steady application and purpose. You will never be successful in this Christian life. And you are guaranteed to fall if you attempt to meander through this Christian life to victory. You do not meander through this Christian life. You live it with purpose and you live it on purpose. You have to decide to diligently seek the Lord's way of not falling or failing. You have to do that. It isn't going to automatically happen. It isn't going to happen on purpose, or it isn't going to happen on accident. It's going to happen on purpose. You need to remember that. I want you to turn to First Peter. Man, I've been wrong about that. For some reason, I wrote down the wrong reference again last week. Yeah, Second Peter. There you go. Second Peter chapter 1. Good thing I checked. For some reason, my notes, I don't know what in the world. Second Peter chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. 
grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things. You know, Peter's, what Peter is saying here, what Peter is talking about here is the power of God. He's not talking about his own strength. He's saying everything depends first upon God. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God is the source of all strength. And in order to keep from falling, you and I must pray against falling. Praying against it. Humbly confessing that it is a possibility. We don't walk with God and abide in secret prayer to the Lord. Whereby, Peter goes on to say in verse 4, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, so that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In order not to fall, we must recognize that our strength lies in the precious promises the Lord has given us. That by these, we are partakers of the divine nature. We escape the corruption that comes in this world from lust in the heart. Lust unchecked will drown us in sin. Peter's warning us of that. He's telling us, hey, take it from a guy who fell. Right? Take it to a guy from a guy, he says, who fell into sin. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. If you would not fall, then you must add to your faith and you must do it with all diligence. It is on purpose. It is steady application to grow in the Lord. It is steady as you go. It is fight the good fight of faith. It, you, it is purposefully, diligently pressing forward and pressing on. It is adding to your faith. And to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. He says it again. Make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. He's not talking about that you're never going to sin. He's saying you're never going to fall into it. The most heinous acts of sin 
and regrets that you'll regret the rest of your life. You follow what the Lord says, and you won't have a final uh, apostate fall. Right? You won't have that. That's what he's encouraging us with. He's saying that you're you're not gonna you're not gonna finally fall away. You're not gonna fall away into apostasy. This is the way that God determines that you don't. This is the way that God has given us provision that God has given us so we don't fall. Notice Peter's not talking about uh that he would not deny the Lord or that strength was in him not to fall or not to fall. He wasn't saying that. But he speaks of spiritual growth and all is upon Christ and all is upon his power and strength. And that, yes, we must be diligent. We must work hard. Everything is according to the promises of God. That's where our strength is as children of God. Our strength is not in ourselves. It's in the power of God. We must work hard as saved, born-again believers to learn and to grow and to walk in sanctification. But it is the Lord that keeps the saint. The foundation for not falling is Christ. And then you are commanded to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We are in a war against sin, the flesh, and the devil. And we have a terrible enemy that Peter spoke of. He spoke of that enemy. And he wanted that to be in our remembrance that we have that. Right? The Bible calls him a roaring lion. So what does he say here? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Do you want to keep from falling? Humble yourselves before God. Stay humble before the Lord. Be humble. Next. You would keep from being taken by Satan in his clutches, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. All your anxiety, all your fear, take it to Jesus, leave it there. All your care, everything you need. He is the great shepherd. You are to cast all your care on him. All of it. Not fall. Everything that you have need of, you would cast upon him. Everything.
Next, after you humble yourself, after you cast all your care upon him, he's sober. He's sober. God commands eight times in the scriptures. He's sober. Let's look at that. Child of God is told eight times to be sober, whoever they are. Let, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. You are to watch and be sober. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Age men are commanded, be sober. Young women, older women are commanded to teach younger women, be sober. What does that mean? It, you know what it means for a, yo- a young woman to be sober? A young wife? That you realize your duty is to love your husband, to love your children. Young men are supposed to be sober-minded in all things showing themselves a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Peter then says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. Be sober. Look what he says here. Says it again. Why is Peter saying that? Says it twice. Be sober. I'll tell you why Peter says it twice. Because he wants you to understand that One of the reasons he fell is because he had a silly notion of his own self, of his own strength. He had a silly notion that he was strong. He had a silly notion that he wasn't capable of falling. He wasn't sober-minded. He never thought that he could fall. So he warns. He warns them to be sober-minded. Be sober. That's the next point. If you would not fall, be sober. He says in 1 Peter 1.13, the first time he mentions it, 
Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. Be sober. Six times gird up the number of a man, by the way. Gird up thy loins like a man. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. Well, Peter here is telling women as well as men. To gird up the loins of their mind. I think that's fascinating the way he says that. He's telling male or female Christians that their minds need to be girded up and strengthened. Wherefore, because knowing all these things, what things? The gospel the Spirit of Christ, all of these things. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. So that doesn't only include not drinking liquor and being a sloppy, filthy drunk. Right? He's not just speaking of that. He's speaking of you having a sober understanding of who you really are and what you're capable of doing. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Be sober. Be holy. Go back to that phrase. If you would not fall, if you would not take a terrible spiritual fall or a terrible moral fall, be sober. Also, you must be vigilant, watchful. Remember what Jesus said? Watch. Pray that ye enter not into temptation. Wait, are you saying Peter's saying the same thing as Jesus said? Yep. And the same thing Paul says. For they that are drunken are drunken in the night. By the way, 33 times drunken. In the Bible. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. 
They either be drunken or drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. We're commanded to be sober, to be vigilant. What does it mean to be vigilant? Watchful, circumspect. Be watchful. To avoid danger. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. What else must I do that I not fall? Resist Satan steadfast in the faith. What does steadfast mean? Fixed, firm, established, constant. Kind of the same thing, a similar thing as... as, um, Diligent, unwavering, constant, not fickle, not wavering, firm unto the end. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that you let nothing take you off somewhere else. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. What's another way? Well, also, if you're not sober, you'll think that nobody else is going through what I am. You want to lose sobriety? Start thinking that you're the only one. No one's going through what I'm going through. No one's been through what I'm going through. No one's had to battle what I'm battling. No one's had to face what I'm facing. That's a good way to fall. Feeling sorry for yourself and thinking you're some special case. When Peter says, no, you resist him, you fight Satan steadfast in the faith. Notice how Peter is talking. These are fighting words. These are warring words. He's saying Satan is my enemy. He's my adversary. He's a lion that's trying to devour me. Peter is saying, I know this by experience. Now, because I know this, I have to fight. But I'm not fighting with a sword, a physical sword. I'm fighting in the faith. I'm resisting Satan steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world but the God of all grace who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that ye have suffered a while make you perfect establish strengthen settle you 
Talked about being sober. Being vigilant. Being watchful. One of the greatest God-given ways to keep from falling into sin is to watch. Being prudent. You know what? God's people need to be careful. They need to look forward. They need to look at things. They need not run into things heady or high-minded, but they need to be sober, and they need to look and survey the land. Whether it's internet pornography that's a danger, fornication, situations with women that are not wise with men and women, actions that we have, internet browsers or whatever the case may be, pornography, whatever it is, your devices, not putting yourself in places to be sorely tempted and trapped by Satan. That's watching. That's being watchful. Right? That's watching. Watching and prayer go hand in hand. See, if I know I'm capable of falling, I'm going to watch. And as I watch, I'm going to pray against the traps that can come my way. If I see some things that are concerning to me about something, I pray about it. And I ask the Lord to keep me from it. And I look for better ways to deal with something. And I'm wise. I'm wise not to get trapped. By certain situations that can that can harm me, can harm my family. I'm careful. Right? I'm watchful. I'm walking circumspectly in this Christian life. And then I pray against things that could be damaging or dangerous to my Christian walk. I'm careful about it. Peter talks about that. And notice what he says to us. It's a scriptural promise. He says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is the means that God uses to keep his children. He keeps them by his power, and he instructs them on how they're to keep themselves from evil, how they're to keep themselves from sin how they're to keep themselves from wickedness, how they're to keep themselves from falling into sin. That's God's way, and that's what he does. Simple lesson. I hope it was helpful to you. If you want to say hi, I'll give you a chance here. I'm going to play some songs here, okay?
the church triumphant is alive and well. Let the church be the church. Let the people rejoice. For we've settled the question and we've made our choice. Let the anthem ring out, songs of victory swell, for the church triumphant is alive and well. This old ship's been through some battles before, storms and tempests. And rocks on the shore Though the hole may be battered Inside it's safe and dry It will carry its cargo To the port in the sky Let the church be the church Let the people rejoice For we've settled and we've made our choice Let the anthem ring out Songs of victory swell For the church triumphant Is alive and well Let the church be the church Let the people Choice, for we've settled the question and we've made our choice. Let the anthem ring out, songs of victory swell, for the church triumphant is alive and well. For the church triumphant. The church triumphant is alive and well. Amen. So God is very good uh, to us and keeps his, keeps his children, but they need to obey him and walk in, in truth. And that was, um, let's see. Carl asked me that. I think it's... Uh, Ed Russell. Okay. Well, I hope it was a blessing to you. Praise the Lord for that. Hope it uh, helps you all. And uh, continue to pray for one another. Uh, pray for us. We'll be back again on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Central Time right here again, and I'm not sure what I'm going to bring you, but we'll figure that out. Uh, the Lord will lead us into what we should talk about, and and I've got a bunch of street preaching footage and different things like that going on, so I'm sure there'll be 
plenty of controversies in the world, and but I do like doing Bible studies. Good Bible lessons like this will help us to walk in the Spirit and teach us what we need to know. So I hope it's a blessing to you. I hope it uh, helps you to walk with God. Pray for our ministry. You keep praying for us, okay? And uh, pray the Lord would continue to bless us and help us and keep us, okay? And um, if you haven't listened to this sermon yet, it will be on YouTube here pretty soon, but this is called Christ Memorial for Women's True Work. Women's True Work. You should listen to that. I preached that yesterday. It's a little long. It's an hour and 13 minutes long, I guess. But uh, that's not that's not so long. I've preached a lot longer than that. But anyway. Um, hopefully that will be a blessing to you there. We'll help you. Um, let's see. What else was I going to say to you? Oh, okay. And pray for a trip. Pray for wisdom. And if the Lord so leads you and you'd like to give to our ministry, here's how you can do it. Salvationpreacher, gmail.com is PayPal. Cash app, Pastor Cooley76. Apple Pay, Pastor Cooley at iCloud.com. Or Venmo is Pastor Cooley at iCloud.com. Or you could mail something here. If you can't do any of that, you can pray that God would speak to somebody else to do it. Hey, let's play this song real quick. I like this one.
Amen. All right, everybody. God bless you. We will see you again. I'll split this up because of the the. It actually split it up perfectly, really. But uh, the first broadcast, I'll do something with uh, evangelism for that one and put that on as a separate file. The second part is the Bible study. I'll put it on as a separate file as well. Uh, we'll figure all that out in, in YouTube editing and also uh, on audio. So we'll see. Any, anyway, God bless you all. Take care. We'll talk to you, Lord willing, real soon.